MSW Media. Big shout out today to Helix Sleep. Take their two-minute sleep quiz and they'll match you to a mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for listeners. Just go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans and use code HELIXPARTNER. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, November 1st, 2023. Today, Democrats on the Senate Judiciary Committee will vote to subpoena Harlan Crow, Leonard Leo and Robin Arkley II as part of its Supreme Court ethics investigation. An Alabama man has been charged with threatening Fulton County DA Fonnie Willis. A massive blast levels a refugee camp in Gaza. A Las Vegas man has been charged with making anti-Semitic threats to a Jewish senator. The Biden administration announces a new student debt forgiveness plan. The Senate confirms Jack Liu as the new ambassador to Israel. Mike Johnson conditions aid to Israel on stripping aid to Ukraine and gutting the IRS for his rich friends. And an LGBTQ book ban proponent is arrested on felony child molestation charges in Missouri. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. That's right. You heard it right. Dana's back. Hi, Dana. I am back. Hi, my friend. And hi, all the beans, all the leguminati. I have missed being in your ears. I have missed all of you. I do not like having to take that much time off. And it is good to be back on the air. I missed you so much. I'm so glad you're back. And I'm sorry it's on, on such a difficult news day. There's so much yeah. so many, uh, difficult news stories to report today. And that is why we encourage everybody to send in your good news, all of it, any of it. And you can do that at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. And later in the show today, I'll be speaking with Dallas McLaughlin about Christian nationalists taking over our school boards and a recall effort that's underway in a California community. Um, we have a lot of news to get to today, uh, so we're, we're going to do some quick hits first. And to make a long story short, too late. First up, the Israeli Defense Force has set a massive strike on the Jabalia refugee camp in the northern Gaza Strip, killed a senior Hamas commander who was one of the architects of the October 7th terror attack. Dozens of others were killed and hundreds wounded, according to Gaza's Indonesian hospital. This is a developing story. Uh, we'll continue to, to give you facts as we get them. Thank you, AG. Now, the Senate confirmed former Treasury Secretary Jack Lew as the next U.S. ambassador to Israel on Tuesday. The Senate voted 53 to 43 to confirm Lew with Republican Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina and Rand Paul's hair voting, breaking their party to join all Democrats in supporting him. Just his hair, though. Just his hair. <laughs> next up, a Nevada man has been charged and accused of leaving a series of anti-Semitic profanity-laced voicemails at the office of Senator Jackie Rosen, a Democrat from Nevada. John Anthony Miller of Las Vegas was arrested Thursday and appeared in federal court Friday in connection with one count of threatening a federal official. It's according to the Justice Department in a news release. A preliminary hearing is scheduled for November 13th. Senator Rosen said, you know, I'm feeling the same as Jews are feeling all around the world, under attack and under threat. Now I have full confidence in our Department of Justice and law enforcement to work on this case. But frankly, students across the country, K through 12, our college campuses, look at the protests around the world and Jews are feeling under attack, unquote. Thank you, A.G. And the first bill for funding our allies is out in the House. And not only does it strip funding for Ukraine and the Indo-Pacific, it conditions aid 
to Israel on defending the IRS. Now, the Republicans say this is to offset costs, but cutting IRS funding will increase the deficit if you actually know your facts. Yeah, 100%. The interests clearly lie with the wealthy and with Putin. But uh, we shouldn't be surprised by that. All right, we have a lot of news to get to today. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. First up from Ann Marimo at The Washington Post. Senate Democrats, finally. I've been tweeting about this for months now. Senate Democrats announced plans Monday to vote to subpoena a pair of wealthy conservatives and a judicial activist who have underwritten or organized lavish travel for some Supreme Court justices. This is a move that adds to the pressure on the high court to strengthen its ethics policies. Senate Judiciary Committee leaders said they would vote as soon as November 9th to authorize subpoenas for information from Texas billionaire Harlan Crow, a close friend and benefactor of Justice Clarence Thomas, and from Leonard Leo, the architect of the conservative Supreme Court, conservative judicial activist. Senate Democrats do not need the vote of any Republicans on the committee to authorize the subpoenas, and no separate vote by the full Senate is necessary. Democratic lawmakers are seeking detailed information about the full extent of Crow's gifts to Thomas. News reports about the justice's failure over many years to report private jet travel, real estate deals and other gifts from Crow like tuition have prompted calls for the court to strengthen its ethics rules and for greater transparency about the justice's potential conflicts and recusal decisions. Senate Democrats have backed legislation that would impose disclosure rules on the court that are as strict as those that apply to members of the House and the Senate. Chief Justice John Roberts has suggested the court would act on its own. We got it. We can police ourselves. Yeah, We're, an independent, <laughs> We're an independent branch of the government. We can demonstrate to the public that we adhere to the highest standards of conduct. Bullshit. This court is facing a legitimacy crisis. It's, it's awful. Three other justices, Elena Kagan, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett, have publicly stated in recent months that the court should or would adopt a formal ethics policy. In May, Senate committee leaders asked Harlan Crow for an itemized list of gifts that he made to Clarence Thomas that are worth more than $415, which is the maximum value allowed for gifts to federal judges, including the justices, that are not disclosed. $415. The lawmakers also sought a full accounting of the lodging and transportation Crow has provided to the justice and his wife, Ginny Thomas. In response, Crow's attorney sent a letter saying the committee had not identified a valid legislative purpose for its investigation and did not have the power to probe his personal friendship with Clarence. Through negotiations, Crow subsequently offered to provide the committee with responses to a subset of its requests, and only for the past five years. The senator said, nope, that's not adequate. Now, Leo, Leonard Leo, struck a defiant tone as well in a statement on Monday night, saying he would not bow to the vile and disgusting liberal McCarthyism that seeks to destroy the Supreme Court simply because it follows the Constitution rather than their political agenda. Bow to the vile and disgusting liberal McCarthyism that seeks to have you disclose all of your really fancy gifts from benefactors that have business before (laughs) the court. The committee said Monday that it would also vote to issue a subpoena to conservative donor Robin Arkley II. (laughs) ProPublica reported that Arkley provided Justice Alito with a free fishing trip to Alaska in 2008, that was organized by Leonard Leo. Alito has defended his decision not to disclose the trip in his annual financial report. Separately, the Senate Finance Committee released a report last week after an investigation into a loan that Thomas received from a friend to buy a luxury prevost marathon motor coach 
1999. We told you about that in this this week's episode. Like pre, I think last week we had an episode called Clarence's Motor Coach. <laughs> <laughs> this was in 1999, a transaction that was first reported by the Times. The committee's Democratic staff said in the report that Thomas made, well, they only have evidence of one interest payment on the $267,000 loan, but then it was declared settled by his friend. The loan was forgiven. And we don't think he paid taxes on that loan forgiveness either. And this guy's name is Anthony Welters, but he's cooperating with the committee. And in 2008, Thomas didn't repay any substantial portion of the principal, if any at all. So that's that's what's going on. It's about time these guys subpoenaed these fellows who've just not been willing to hand every, anything over to the vile liberal McCarthyism. How dare they? I also oh. wonder if any of else's Harlan Crow's friends are getting these gifts. Could you imagine some of his other buddies are like, that's what friendships are with you? I haven't gotten jack shit. Right, like his brother comes knocking on his door, like, "Can you pay for my <laughs> kids' my tuition?" Fucking private jet, and he's like, "No, nah, you can ride in the main cabin." Okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> All right, this one's from ABC News. A federal grand jury in Atlanta indicted an Alabama man Monday on charges that he threatened Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis over her prosecution of former President Donald Trump. Now, Arthur Ray Hansen was charged with transmitting interstate threats to injure Willis and Fulton County Sheriff Patrick Labatt, who controls the jail where Trump was fingerprinted and photographed after he was indicted in August on charges of trying to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election in Georgia. Never surrender! I know. Uh, I think that's a photo of you surrendering, sir. Uh, Hansen made an initial appearance in Huntsville Federal Court in Alabama and will be brought to Atlanta for an arraignment next month. He's a 59-year-old. He called the Fulton County customer service line twice in August, left two voicemail messages threatening violence against Willis and Labatt on a fucking voicemail. That's according to court records. And this is a quote. Watch it when you're going to your car at night and when you're going into your house. Watch everywhere that you're going. Court records quoted Hansen as saying this again in a message he left for Willis. He said, quote, I would be afraid if I were you because you can't be around people all the time that are going to protect you. There's going to be moments when you're going to be vulnerable, the message said. This is fucking terrifying. That's according to court records. And he went on to say, when you charge Trump on that fourth indictment, anytime you're alone, be looking over your shoulder. Fuck off, you lunatic. And this is a response in the story. Sending interstate threats to physically harm prosecutors and law enforcement officers is a vile act intended to interfere with the administration of justice and intimidate individuals who accept a solemn duty to protect and safeguard the rights of citizens. That's U.S. Attorney Ryan Buchanan went on to say when someone threatens to harm public servants for doing their jobs to enforce our criminal laws, it potentially weakens the very foundation of our society. Yep. Yep. And this is just going to be more evidence going toward more gag orders, probably. This is from Angela Yang at NBC and a content warning here for molestation. A Missouri man who sought to ban several LGBTQ books from schools for depicting sexual content, quote unquote, is now facing a felony charge of second degree child molestation. Ryan Utterback, 29 year old parent from a suburb of Kansas City, also faces a misdemeanor charge of fourth degree domestic assault. And in a separate case, a misdemeanor of furnishing or attempting to furnish pornographic material to a minor. Utterback had spoken at a school board meeting in November, as first reported by local news station KMBC-TV, that's an ABC affiliate, to advocate for the removal of books in North Kansas City school libraries that depicted quote-unquote sexual acts. 
During another school board meeting in October, Utterback held up enlarged prints of two pages from the award-winning graphic memoir, Fun Home, a family tragicomic. While a member of a parent association fighting for the band spoke, arguing that handing the material to a child amounts to solicitation of a minor. Accusations against Utterback, according to court documents, describe separate instances in 2020 in which he allegedly touched a 12-year-old girl under her clothes and rubbed a teenager's leg underneath her jeans. Another case alleged in 2021, he showed pornographic video footage to a child starting from when she was around four years old. Now, Utterback is due in court on March 10th. His attorney, David Bell, declined to comment on the record. LGBTQ-inclusive books have long topped banned book lists. Titles with lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer themes comprise half of the 20 most challenged and banned books of the decade, spanning 2010 to 2019, and that's according to the American Library Association. While challenges against LGBTQ content have historically been constant, according to Deborah Caldwell-Stone, the director of the ALA Office for Intellectual Freedom, she told NBC News in November that the association had seen a chilling uptick in the previous year. It's, I'm telling you, these people that are screaming at the top of their lungs have so many fucking skeletons in their closet. I hope this son of a bitch gets put away for a long time. Me too. Okay. Deep breath. There's a lot, people. A lot. Make sure you go outside, take deep breaths. I'm taking one in the in the studio. Or as you would the closet I recorded. <laughs> Don't tell anyone I'm in the closet. I'll come out. I'll get out of the closet in about a half hour. All right. This is from Summer Concepcion at NBC. The Biden administration is proposing a new plan to forgive student debt months after we know that the Supreme Court struck down President Joe Biden's sweeping pandemic era debt relief plan in June. Now, the Education Department on Monday released a student debt relief proposal that would target four categories of borrowers. Those with federal student loan balances that exceed the original borrowed amount. Think about that for a second. That's mind blowing. Those with loans that entered into repayment 25 years ago or more and are still not paid off. Those with loans for career training programs that led to, and I quote, unreasonable debt loads or provided insufficient earnings. And those who are eligible for forgiveness under other repayment plans but have not yet applied it. Now, the department also said it's considering student loan debt relief for a fifth group of borrowers experiencing financial hardship that the current student loan system does not currently adequately address. And I quote, President Joe Biden and I are committed to helping borrowers who've been failed by our country's broken and unaffordable student loan system. This is from Education Secretary Miguel Cordona. He said that in a statement, adding that the aid would build up $127 billion in loan forgiveness. The administration has approved for almost 3.6 million borrowers. Now, to quote, we are fighting to ensure that student loan does not stand in the way of opportunity or prevent borrowers from realizing the benefits of their higher education. While the White House announced an additional $9 billion in relief this month for about 125,000 Americans, that announcement came days after federal student loan payments resumed for the first time in over three years following the Supreme Court's rejection of Biden's sweeping pandemic-era debt relief plan in June. The president's previous student loan debt relief plan aimed to cancel up to $20,000 in student loan debt for an estimated 43 million borrowers. Well, after the Supreme Court invalidated that plan, Biden announced new repayment options for borrowers who would be able to enroll in temporary 12-month, quote, on-ramp repayment program to avoid the risk of default after loan repayments resumed in October. Well, the Education Department won't refer those who have missed payments to credit agencies during that 12-month window. That's from our president, and I think that's fantastic. 
In addition, Biden announced that he was lowering the cap on discretionary income paid toward student loan debt from 10 percent to 5 percent per month for undergraduate loans. Now, Biden had sought to provide debt relief in his initial plan under 2003 law called the Higher Education Relief Opportunities for Students Act or HEROES Act. Now, that law says the government can provide relief for student loans during a national emergency as a way to alleviate economic hardship arising from it. So I'm glad they're doing everything they can to work around the Supreme Court's bad, bad decision to overturn Biden's plans. Like that? Yeah, and they're going to be sorry. Plans. <laughs> His plans. Plans. They're going to be they're going to be really um, they're really going to be sad soon because it was just going to be twenty thousand dollars, 10 or twenty thousand dollars for about 40, 43 million borrowers. Now they're you know, they're looking at every single student loan here. And when it's something like people experiencing financial hardship that the current student loan system doesn't currently adequately address, that could be really I could describe a great many <laughs> student borrowers. There's also, you know, programs that led to unreasonable debt loads or providing insufficient earnings that can be very broadly interpreted. And that's what Cardona is doing. He's going on a case by case basis here and saying, yep, nope, you get your whole loan forgiven. Uh, yep, nope, you seem like you have a financial hardship. You get your whole loan forgiven. They're just ha they're having to go one by one now. So it's going to take longer. But uh, there's going to be more student loan forgiveness this way than I think that there would have been in the original plan. So, I think you're probably right. Yep. Yeah. And so the Republicans and this Supreme Court, who is backed by wealthy donors and corporations, you know, they really want to saddle all these people with this crippling debt to keep them down to, you know, to keep working class and middle class families down because they need that what they call human capital stock, that labor at minimum yeah. wage to grind so away gross. and make them a shitload of money. And, and so that's why they're they're against student loan forgiveness, not for any other reason. They're terrified that working in middle class families might get ahead and not need their shitty human capital stock bullshit hard labor jobs anymore. And, and that's what this Supreme Court was paid to be in place to to help continue. I mean, we've even heard it with the whole fucking anti-choice shit, right? Like we need women yep. to have more babies. So we have more workers. That's Mike Johnson, the new speaker he's, of the house. He's a son of a bitch. My goodness. And, and like this, just this, like how people can't see that big picture. Like it just, it boggles my mind. Like they want you to be saddled with debt so that you can't get up in life so that they can keep you working and making them money and then get tax breaks from their rich friends and then put people in the Supreme Court to make sure that this shit keeps happening. It's anyway, uh, it's obvious no, to me. I'm sure it's obvious to everyone listening. I, I I'm preaching to the choir you. here. But. Yeah, you are. And, I, you know, these people on the right, they're like, oh, we can't afford that. What about all that money we're losing? That These billions of dollars. That money is never going to go back into the economy. People will die with their student loans because they cannot get them paid off. This billions of dollars that's being forgiven is not going back into the economy unless people actually can use the money that they have to put back into the economy instead of paying the bare minimum on what is usually interest on the student loan and never actually paying their student loan off. The whole system is fucked and it's set up to actually hurt the borrowers, period. 100%. That first, that first one where they're like... If your student loan is higher than it was when it started, yeah, 
that's a lot of people. Yep. Because of interest. And, you know, I mean, I and I, I, I kind of want everybody to sort of like remember where we are in history. We're at this inflection point. This is the year of the unions, right? We've got the United Auto Workers reaching a deal with the big three. We've got Hollywood, uh, the Writers Guild, and soon to be SAG-AFTRA cutting these deals to protect workers. We've got the airline um, the strike and, and, and all that. We just, it's the year of the strike and the unions are winning. And then we've got, the, this is the year of ethics reform, right? All of this stuff coming out from ProPublica, the Times and Washington Post about the Supreme Court shining a light on that fucking corruption. Thanks in big part to Senator Whitehouse who, yep. who started leading this charge a few years back. This is, this is the year of criminal accountability for autocrats and insurrectionists. Uh, it, it, it's the year of, of of reproductive rights. We have this is going to be the first major election since Roe has been overturned, and the year of of, of advocating for LGBTQ plus rights. It the, it's going the backlash is going to be swift, and when I look at the what's going on in our body politic it, it, in that light, it's slow and it's incremental, but it's happening, and and I feel that groundswell, and that's those are the things that give me hope. So I agree with you. Thank you, my friend. And, and um, you know, the work that you've been doing over the past, you know, I mean, for your whole life, but like the, the money that you're raising for human rights campaign, it's just it's brilliant. All the support. I mean, it's it's there when when I hear about there's going to be, you know, a, a, some sort of Nazi fucking protest at a at a at a drag show. The amount of people who show up counter protest yeah it's just beautiful i see it and i feel it everywhere i saw it on november 7th when they announced that biden had won the election i see it in every single special election that's happened since roe has been overturned democrats are winning by an average margin of 11 points i see it i see what's happening in ohio what happened in kansas city it, it's it's that wave of young people like washing over the nation that obama talked about in 2016 that brings him hope so I, I'm hoping that, you know, sometimes when these individual stories get down, I feel like we lose some battles, but I feel like we're winning the war. I agree. I agree. All right, everybody. Uh, we're going to be right back. We're going to talk a little bit more about that war on the front lines. My friend Dallas McLaughlin is going to discuss Christian nationalist takeover of our school boards and what we can do to help. That's the important part. Stick around. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG. I had never truly known what a good night's sleep was until I started using my custom-made mattress from Helix Sleep. And now I wake up feeling refreshed every day, and I could never go back to an old mattress. It is head and shoulders the best mattress I have ever had in my life. Just go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans, take their two-minute sleep quiz. They'll match you to a customized mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your life. And you'll get 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows. Helix Sleep has 20 different mattress models, including award-winning Lux mattresses and the new Helix Elite Collection. There's something for everyone, including our big and tall sleepers and even the small sleepers. Helix offers models tailored for every sleep style and preference. Just take that Helix Sleep quiz I told you about, and within two minutes, you'll identify your ideal mattress, which will be shipped to your doorstep completely free of charge. My ideal mattress, as everyone in the world knows by now, is the Helix Midnight. It's a medium firm bed, and I sleep on my side, so it's perfect for me. Uh, it's the best mattress I've ever had. You'll never go to another mattress store again, which is good because they're kind of creepy and weird. But there's a risk-free trial 
by the way, with Helix mattresses for 100 nights, and all mattresses come with a 10 or 15-year warranty, depending on the model. Choose Helix Sleep, and your sleep problems will be history. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for listeners. Just go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans and use code HELIXPARTNER. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Hey, everybody. Uh, Welcome back. You know how I constantly say that local politics, all politics are local politics. I'm joined today um, by my friend, comedian, a coiner of the phrase, put some beans on it. Uh, He is now the co-host of a great podcast called What the Hell is Happening in Temecula? Please welcome Dallas McLaughlin. Hi, Dallas. Oh, Allison, thank you so much for having me on once again, this time to talk about things that aren't funny. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's it's pretty ridiculous what's going on with in Temecula with the with the uh, Temecula Valley Unified School District. Uh, the board has been taken over by Christian nationalists who have mm-hmm. squandered money, try to write their own curriculum, and it's it's just it's chaos. And there's a, a whole group of concerned parents right now gathering signatures to recall these three members of the school board there and that it prompted you to start the podcast what the hell is happening in temecula to get the word out and i wanted to have you on so we could help get the word out about what the hell is going on in temecula tell us tell us who these three people are how long they've been there and so far what they've done well it's um basically during covid the lockdowns and in the you know the shutdowns and all that stuff there's parents you know this is nothing new to a lot of us who are on facebook or social media a lot of parents were really mad that their kids had to wear masks at school and that the, you know people wanted to get vaccines etc cetera, etc cetera. so these parents spent that whole time yelling at the then school board uh not just ours but across the nation this was happening calling them, you know, all sorts of names. And then they decided, that group decided to mobilize around Christian nationalism. And this was led by an effort of Bannon and Flynn, uh, and which is, this is not a conspiracy. This is literally videos they have put out uh, telling these Christian nationalists, QAnon, MAGA followers, all these groups to take back the public square, which means to take over local politics. And as you mentioned at the beginning, you've been a huge proponent of local politics, as have I. Uh, it's one of the things I've been yelling from the rooftops for 20 years now. Uh, your vote does count. I don't care if you care about Obama, Biden, Bush, doesn't matter to me. Go vote because your vote does count. And we are seeing this happening all across the nation in real time. Uh, and it's scary. There's the scary stuff happening. And so anyway, there's a group here in, in town, a, a church here in town that's Christian Nationalist Church. They started this pack with people in Corona, um, over in Hemet, Murrieta, this whole kind of Inland Valley uh, pack, basically, to start funneling money into candidates, most of them who are attendees of the church. And basically, they are puppets for this church, this pastor, and this movement. And none of them have experience whatsoever in education. Two of them don't even have kids in the school district. One of them, the, the now school board president, uh, Joseph Kamarowski, his school, he, he homeschools his kids because he is of the belief that all teachers are groomers, that kids who go to public school are being told that they are uh, trans and gay. And uh, he also believes that 5G is mind control and um, wrote his whole doctorates, his thesis on uh, wrote his thesis on 5G. And then if you do a little bit of research, you can find that 85% of his thesis was, in fact, plagiarized. Um, <laughs> so totally reasonable people. <laughs> totally reasonable. And, and yeah, and so the, and they're all, they're just, they're three people who are completely nonsensical and crazy. And they're only there 
They none of them won by a landslide, mind you. They all beat out other conservative candidates, but more level-headed conservative candidates <laughs> that are just people who are who understand the function of a school board, which is there to better the education constantly of the kids in the district. And I think it's really worth pointing out. My family moved to Temecula seven years ago for the school district. It was an award-winning school district, best in Riverside County. No, no families came up here because they just love heat. You know, they wanted to come up here for the schools and the community because they are fantastic. I hear the sit and that... sleep is really good, though, in Temecula. <laughs> it is fantastic. Uh, I mean, there are other benefits, sure, a lot of wine. But uh, but yeah, this so this school board, you know, um, during the election, I, I was openly campaigning for um, the other, you know, the the previous school board members saying like, I'm from San Diego where we have real problems. And uh, up here in Temecula, they have to make up problems. And the big buzzword was CRT, CRT. We can't let our kids be taught CRT in public schools. Mind you, it was never being taught in public schools. Right, a graduate level law school course. Yeah. Well, to them though, Allison, just so you know, it was being taught to the fourth and fifth graders in uh, our school system up here. Uh, no proof. Obviously, furries are taking poops in classrooms. No proof because uh, it doesn't happen. All of the things that you hear about in every anecdotal system. And these three squeaked out uh, wins in the school board election. So now they have absolute power. They have a quorum. They can do whatever they want. Uh, the other two members of the school board are also conservatives, but have been driven to irate uh uh, moments where they uh, don't know what to do. It's, you know, they're, they're also level-headed citizens. So basically what happened is they jumped in. It's been nine months since this group took over. They've banned CRT. So they made up a problem and then solved it. Uh, they have effectively uh, brought lawsuit after lawsuit because they've failed to approve curriculum because in the curriculum, it mentioned Harvey Milk. And Kamrowski became very famous when at a school board meeting, he said, I will not allow any textbook at a classroom that talks about that pedophile. Mm. And this uh, directed the ire of Gavin Newsom, who then came down and said, you have to approve curriculum. This, you know, cost the city thousands and thousands, taxpayers, thousands of thousands of dollars. Uh, then we had no curriculum for months. There was no curriculum approved for schools. And for not months. only that, but they hired different law firms that cost three, four times as much as uh, as yeah, exactly what's available at the taxpayer's expense. And, you know, banning CRT that didn't exist in the first place doesn't it seems like an invisible thing, uh, but it actually confounds teachers and students because they now aren't sure what they're able to teach what and what is. they're what they're not able to teach. Exactly. So it is wasting money, wasting time. Uh, it is muffling education. It is causing confusion. Yeah. They're wasting taxpayer dollars. I mean, on expensive law thousands firms. of dollars, hundreds of thousands. Yeah, yeah. they fired the superintendent for no reason. So the superintendent is they fired the superintendent so they could bring in their own ringer superintendent. And that superintendent, wonderful, again, well-respected throughout the district. Everybody loves her. So she's now suing them. And 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 they had to pay a couple hundred, few hundred thousand dollars, almost 400,000, I think, to buy her contract out. Exactly correct. At exactly the correct. Again, at the expense of the taxpayers. And so now they've done that. Uh, they've, they've fired the legal counsel, hired their own legal counsel. So the grifting continues for this contingent. 
And the district now, in the past six months, they have averaged 37000 I think it is, a month in legal fees that the taxpayers are on a hook for. Now, mind you, normally we're between twenty five dollars to $3,500 a month in legal fees for the school district. Okay, so, so this 10 is 10 times you know, as much. 10 times as much as we are normally experiencing. And this is a burden that's felt on the taxpayers. So they have done that. And then, you know, I've been supporting this recall effort was being pushed. This group, the, the, the PAC that I support and I'm actively supporting, they're called the One Temecula Valley PAC. Because up here, we are very conservative. There's a lot of conservatives up here. They're very loud, but there's also a lot of moderates and a lot of sane, rational people who just want politics that are sane and rational and help everybody that are there for everybody's life. And this PAC was established to help fund candidates that have that same philosophy. Doesn't matter if they're conservative, doesn't matter if they're liberal, just candidates who are there to protect the lives of every citizen and make those lives better. And that's a huge thing for us up here to have that group and to have a place for people to kind of rally around. So this group started the recall effort. I was behind it, but then Allison, what what blew me up <laughs> was this school board, along with Murrieta just did this. I think Glendale is in the process of doing this. A lot of people are like, Glendale, when I say that, yeah, Glendale is, was taken over by Christian nationalism. They've already instituted all of these policies and they are, uh, if have not done what I'm about to say, are about to. Corona, uh, a lot of Midwest uh, districts have done this. It's called the parental notification policy. This policy is 100% illegal, 100% unconstitutional. And this board basically goes, I don't give a shit. We're doing it anyway. And they're getting sued for it. But again, it doesn't matter to them. They don't care. We're getting the what one. Is we're the, the ones yeah, who are what is the policy? <laughs> what is it? it? So what this policy is, policy basically, they made it very vague, but it's basically there. So if you're a kid and you are homosexual or you are trans, you're trans, you know, or you're having those thoughts or those feelings or, or whatever, you know, you're, you're a kid, you, who knows what's going on, but you're having this and you're not sure where to go to. A lot of these kids will go to their teachers at school or at least confide in those teachers. Cause some of those teachers are in that community and can help these kids maybe process some of those feelings. We're at home, especially in Temecula, that kind of, uh, you know, lifestyle is not okay, considered a sin. So basically what this school board has done is made it a policy that if you are a teacher or even a student and you find out another student is homosexual or any of that, it is your duty, your responsibility to tell the parents. You must notify the parents of that student's feelings, actions, thoughts, whatever it is completely against the constitution, completely illegal, but they have instituted it anyways. Now, I don't know how many teachers are actually following through with this and actually doing it, but they have guised it under the fact of, well, we want to keep students safe. So drug use, gangs, you know, you have to notify parents of any of this stuff, but we all know why they're doing it. I mean, this is Temecula. We're not, we're not a haven for the bloods and the crips. All right. There's not all the gang activity up here. So like, we all know why they're doing it. They're doing it to out students. That's the only reason why they're doing it. Then they've just created a flag policy. We're now in the school district. You are not allowed to fly any flag that's not the state or American flag. So like people who had pride flags up can't do it against policies, against school policy. They are systemically, take, they're systemically whitewashing history. They have begun banning books. Uh, and they, they'll say that they're not banning books. They'll, they'll say that they are reassessing the educational items that are in the district, but really they're just banning books. They banned the the 
Pulitzer Prize winning play Angels in America. Oh, wow. They banned that from the shelves. They just and they fired it. They oh, they tried to fire the drama teacher who had it in his library, but he won the he won that battle and he's thankfully reinstituted into this, the the staff. So they're banning books, they're whitewashing history, taking out all they're pushing no mentions of slavery at all in, in history. This is the playbook. And and now they're outing students and they're trying to basically eradicate your choice to be who you want to be as a kid. They're just taking it out. And they're taking away the parental rights of all of those students who want their education to be well-balanced and competent. And uh, this is the playbook. And this is why it really uh, gets to me, uh, you know, the, why I was like, okay, fine. Well, I'm going to start, <laughs> I'm going to start this podcast. I'm going to start actively campaigning a lot more vocally for these guys to get out of here because you are now putting students at risk you're putting families at risk. We have tons of reports of students being followed, parents being followed. The school board act this school board actively on social media doxes kids and families who disagree with them. These three elected school board members. What um what what sort of impact is this having on the teachers? I mean, and I, I imagine that this is going to cause or is causing a an exodus of a lot of uh, our educators. Well, a lot of teachers are not. Uh, we have had teachers that have left the district. They're already gone. Um, we have teachers who um, have basically said when their we you know when their contract is up at the school, they're they're taken off. They're going somewhere else. We have pe teachers who are already planning on leaving if this recall doesn't go through. And and I'm not going to say it's 100 percent of the teachers. Again, we're in a conservative town. There are teachers who agree with what they're doing, but I will say that the Temecula Valley Educators Union had has voted to support the recall they overwhelmingly voted i think it was like 90 to 10 yeah. that they are supporting the recall um i know a lot of the teachers that i've met and talked to they support the recall and and for reasons as simple as what you mentioned earlier they just don't know what the hell they can teach anymore right they don't know what they're allowed to say to kids without getting in trouble they don't know what they're supposed to do they can't even talk to the kids about life anymore and they they feel they're getting attacked these these other these people who support these three board members are attacking the teachers. They're calling them groomers. They're calling them pedophiles. They're calling them every name in the book. And I can't believe in my lifetime mm. that we got to a point where these morons, these insane Christian nationalists, were able to turn affection against teachers. Like my whole life, celebrate teachers. Teachers are heroes. And in our district, the teachers are some of the worst paid teachers in the entire district. And just recently, they were they had a cost of living adjustment that was already pre-negotiated before this board even took power. It was pre-negotiated. The board just had to vote and approve it. And there it was. It was done. That's all you had to do. Well, the union votes to uh, support the recall. Two weeks later at the next board meeting when this is supposed to get approved, uh, we're not going to approve this. We have to do some more research into it and see how it's going to fiscally impact the community. Where we have and, to uh, save those dollars to pay our personal attorneys that we've hired. Legal fees, yeah. exactly. And so they did that and it was clearly retaliation. And now with the backlash of the community on that, though, was not, not kind to them. So then they spun it and said, oh, no, we just needed to do more research. We just need to do more research. Now they've made the union the bad guy. So it was, you know, black people were the bad guy. Then it was furries and gays. And now it's the union. The teachers union is the bad guy. It, and specifically the teachers union president. He's the boogeyman. He's the real, you know, and it's all these outside agitators. It's outside agitators that are coming in and supporting this recall when it literally can't be. 
The only people who can <laughs> right. sign this petition are residents. Yeah, and let's talk about this because you have until basically the end of November to gather enough signatures to get a recall election. And mm-hmm. so everybody kind of understands the timeline. Um, it would the, That recall election, if enough signatures are gathered, would take place separate and apart from our regular mm-hmm. elections. It'd probably be sometime in the spring. So can you tell everybody, uh, you know, people who aren't, necessarily a residents of Temecula Valley, yeah. how they can help. I mean, obviously people who are will have more options to help, but, but you know, everybody who's mm-hmm. listening might be in, you know, Texas or Wisconsin or whatever, and they want to help Missouri. Yeah. Uh, how, how can they help get the word out to the locals where, you know, where the rubber meets the road and, and help you gather more signatures that count? Well, if you, I mean, th- listen, for me, it's, it's three things. One, if you know somebody who lives in Temecula, <laughs> reach out to them. If you're listening to this podcast and you agree with just sane, rational education, <laughs> then I would urge you to reach out to your friends in Temecula who live here. They don't have to have students in the district. They, you know, they can be 85 years old. It doesn't matter. This will impact everybody because their ultimate goal in the playbook that we've we've seen is they want to defund the district. They want to end the district. And if that happens, if our district goes under. That means our housing price, prices plummet. That means local businesses go out of business because people don't move here anymore. For the, I mean, there's thousands of people who moved here for the schools. This impacts everybody, and they don't care. They don't care. They want to bring their beliefs to the forefront. So if you have a, a friend that lives in Temecula, doesn't they don't have to have kids. They don't have to be parents. They just need to sign the recall. And you can do that by going to recallall3.org. It's recallall3, the number three, dot org. It's the easiest way to do that separately, you know, you, at that website and stuff. I know this is the point where I'm like, we need money, but it's true. Uh, we've been able to do some uh, some ads on social platforms. We've been able to run some on streaming platforms, but that was only because we got a really amazing donation from somebody in the community to afford to do that. But we spent, you know, months working on some ads that we could get out to the community. We couldn't put anywhere because we didn't have the money to, to do it. Cost money. And I'm not, we're not talking about, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands. This is a very localized effort. And that's, again, local politics. The money is not as insane as you think it is when it comes to local politics. 20 bucks, 50 bucks from people. It goes so far in this community and enables us to do so much more, more volunteers, paperwork. Jesus Lord, is there paperwork? Um, And this is people taking time away from their jobs. You know, they're, this isn't a full-time job for anybody. You know, we are taking time out of our lives to make this happen for everybody in the community and our kids. So that money goes a long way and you can donate at recallall3.org. And my last thing I will say, Allison, is I I urge you to check out the website because on the website, you're going to see some things and then I want you to see those things and then I want you to think about what's happening in your community right now. Because I guarantee you, if this isn't happening and you didn't, you weren't aware, it's gonna happen. I mean, if it's happening in places like Glendale, Los Angeles is already making a move. Um, there are communities, La Mesa, just La Mesa, uh, in, which is right outside of San Diego, part of San Diego County. They just their school board just denied. I think it was eight hundred thousand dollars in funding for mental health for their students, and the reason why is because one old man on the school board saw that at some point it would help. Uh, students who are suffering with depression caused by not being welcomed because they're LGBT, they're part of the LGBTQ community. 
because they are depressed and they're not being welcomed. They're dealing with that. They're struggling with that. And they want to be open. They want to be accepted because they, that was going to be earmarked for some of them, 800,000 down the, down the drain. So this is stuff that is happening all across America. And I urge you to pay attention. Local politics matters. This is the stuff that directly affects your life day in and day out. And uh, that is my that is my call to action. Check out the website. Urge your friends in Temecula to to sign this petition. And again, you're not signing. You're just signing it. You're just saying, let's put it back on the ballot and let the voters decide. That's all you're doing here. And at the same time, give a couple bucks if you can, and then just take a look around your community bef- before literally. It is the Handmaid's Tale. I know we joke about that for so long, but we're there, Allison. I mean, we are like on the edge of that nonsense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that's that's my call to action there. I mean, well, I appreciate it, Dallas. I appreciate you having me on and let me talk. I mean, I know you guys do such amazing work on such a huge level, and I appreciate you taking you know ten minutes to to let me rant about this little tiny wine town. Yeah, but no, but I mean, this this is happening everywhere, uh, and and it's important to to shine a light on it. So I appreciate your time today. Again, it's recall all three number three dot org, and um, mm-hmm. the podcast is called "What the Hell Is Happening in Temecula," which I love. It's just a, a straightforward name. <laughs> what the hell? Give it a listen. The last episode we had, we have a a, a a woman of color who has kids in the district, and we had her on because we really wanted to to shed a light on what's happening to that community. It is fucking frightening so give a listen this is what people are dealing with every day and and uh and again thank you so much yeah thank you thank you so much for coming on dallas mclaughlin everybody uh stick around we'll be right back with the good news everybody welcome back it's time for the good news who likes good news everyone then good news everyone Good news, good news. And boy, do we need your good news stories. If you have uh, confessions, corrections, if you want to play, guess whatever breed of animal you have. I, it's, I even do turtles now. I guessed a red-eared slider the other day. It was glorious. Um, I, I don't know if you were here for that, Dana, but I was very proud of myself. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, if you have a shout out to a loved one or yourself or a small business in your area or your small business um, or your kids or your parents or anything like that, if you have a whoopee story, a blankie story, if you have baby pictures, send those in happy place photos, anything you want to send us at all, your your theses and dissertation titles, still a great one. I love that one. Send it to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. All right. First up from Carolyn, pronoun she and her as a 35 year old high school cheer advisor huh it's definitely shout outs as opposed to shouts out <laughs> this is my new rescue Roz. Uh, dan i had asked what the plural of shout out was and <laughs> if it was shouts out or shout outs <laughs> look at this baby cutie oh we have a uh, is this a what the mutt oh are there oh i think there's some chihuahua in there and maybe terrier some sort of cattle dog yeah and a Here? German shepherd. There's something big in there. Maybe a minpin. All right, let's see. Did you just say there's something big? Maybe a minpin? <laughs> <laughs> Here's my thought process, okay? Let me just tell you what was going I on th- in my head I as think I there said was that. something else. You went on to a new one. I said there was something big in there because I was looking at the ears. And then I said, oh, maybe it's a minpin. Oh, there you go. But, but no, this is mostly a rat terrier. You got terrier. I, you I, th- I say that counts. 
I think so, too. That was so short. And then we kept talking. Do you want to do the next one or do you want me to take it? <laughs> We're going to keep talking because we haven't talked in so long. No, uh, I'll, I'll grab the next one. Anonymous, yeah, right. she and her. Hi, Beans Queens. Thanks for all you do. Just want to share an uplifting story amid the tragedy of the massacre in Lewiston, Maine. Please promote this father-daughter team of everyday heroes who are giving back to their community when it needs it the most. Via Alex Seitz Wald of NBC News, quote, one of the only places serving a hot meal in Lewiston is a Jamaican food truck, which chef Jeff Bailey and his daughter Gabriel decided to stay open to serve first responders free of charge. They've been dropping off food at the hospital. Unquote. I extend my condolences to everyone in Lewiston, and I'm sorry that so many lives were taken and so many more are forever changed. I've lived in Buffalo for almost 40 years and remember how terrified everyone was after the shooting at Tops. I hope that residents will support his small business. All right, everybody. And there'll be a photo in the notes here of their food truck. Yeah. That's amazing. And a soft correction, because someone's going to do it. I, I bet it's Chef Jeff Bailey and his daughter, Gabrielle. Not Gabrielle, but Gabrielle. So we want to make sure that we give Gabrielle her right name. Ah. But everything else was perfection, my friend. Pardon me. Sorry about that. Oh, that's okay. Look at this daughter. Look at the, how beautiful his family is. Gabrielle's stunning. Her dad, this is gorgeous. Yeah, that's a cool truck, too. Look at yeah, that. Yeah, it is. Oh, and now I'm hungry. I know. All right. This one's from Sandra, pronouns she and her. Greetings, beans, queens. Thank you for brightening my mornings with your humor and intelligent uh, distillation of the news. I'm a recent listener from... Clackamas, Oregon, and I have never submitted a good news or correction before, but couldn't resist after hearing A.G. mangle the pronunciation of the Willam. Okay, if if was it Willamette Dammit River? It's the Willamette Dammit River. Willamette Dammit <laughs> River. I love it. See, this is my first time, so I get to learn. Willamette Dammit. That's really fun. You'll never forget that. Now, for pet pet for pet tax, I'm attached pictures of our 17 and a half year old rescue pup Marla. She's an amazing elder dog who still loves to go for three walks a day. The first photo shows her manning the captain's chair of our fishing boat while trolling on the the. Say it again. Willamette? Willamette River. It rhymes with damn it. Yep. It rhymes Willamette, with damn it. Willamette River. Now, the second photo is when she turned one and had uh, been to the groomer. Hadn't the groomer yet. And for Halloween, include a photo of Snoop. <gasps> look at look at that before. Hammer. This dog is so fucking cute. Oh, my God. What a cutie. Oh, wait. It looks like there's we can guess. Oh, I see the dots and the stars. Okay, there's some Shih Tzu. Yeah, definitely some Shih Tzu. Definitely some yeah. Wheaton Terrier. Yeah. Maybe some Schnauzer? I'd say Schnauzer. Let's do that. And a Chihuahua and some Chow Chow. Okay, what do we got? Okay. We haven't tested her DNA, so no wrong answers. Oh, my God. Schnoodle. Schnoodle. Schnauzer Poodle. Schnauzer Poodle. But she could have some type of sheepdog as well, as you will see by her first year photo. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I said uh, Wheaton Terrier. There you go. So adorable. All right. Schnoodle. Yeah. My um, my best friend, uh, uh, Joelle, she's got a schnoodle. Oh. oh. Oh, my God. This is really funny. I just read the first sentence. This is from Cindy, pronouns she and her. You asked what you should call guessing a type of turtle. How about what the hell is in that shell? <laughs> <laughs> Cindy, you win today. 
My good news, I'm a remote employee. The company I work for is based in Chicago area, and I live just a few miles from Yosemite National Park. Our HR director does regular, quote, fun events on Zoom to to help keep the remote employees feel somewhat connected to the in-house employees. Yesterday, the company celebrated Halloween with a costume contest. The prize? An extra PTO day off. I dressed up as uh, Ahsoka Tano. With my talented husband help doing the makeup, I won. I'm looking at my insane calendar this morning trying to figure out when the heck I can fit in a day off. I'll find it. I've attached a picture of me working at my desk at home in costume and one of my dogs sitting next to me while I worked. My husband and I were rescued by these beautiful girls earlier this year. The white one is uh, Aoife and the brown one is Lily. You can play What the Mutt if you like, but as we haven't done DNA tests, whatever you guess will, uh, of course, be 100% correct. Now, the last picture is me and my neighbor's horse, Jake. I'm his adopted Nana, and he's my bud. I bring him a carrot every day. He gives me really sloppy kisses and poses for selfies with me. Oh, my God. (laughs) I love Jake, and now I want to bring carrots. Look at this horse. And that's a great costume. Congratulations for winning. And what a cool job, by the way. Oh, my God. And all right, these puppers. We've we've got a husky shepherd, right? Husky and then we've shepherd. got a... I, I a would say chihuahua beagle, like a chihuahua husky beagle something. Yeah. Chihusky. All right, let's it's see. It's a chihusky. No, we don't have answers. Husky shepherd and horgy, a husky corgi. Oh, my ah. God. That, you know, that dog is like, what the fuck? <laughs> it does look like a corgi now that I see it. It looks like it's obvious. It's hitting me across the hitting me across the face. Oh, beautiful photos. Congratulations on winning your costume contest and bring a carrot to the horse for me. Beautiful baby. All right, next up and finally from Karen. Ermagerd, I just saw Dana at the Planned Parenthood event in Cincinnati. Wished I had met you. Thought about charging you on stage to hug you and all of your awesomeness, but stopped myself. Thanks for all you do. For taxes, here's my third child. I wanted a human baby, but was given Buster instead. He's such a sweetheart. And 13 for a rescued puppy mill baby. He's doing just fine. Love you guys. Keep giving them hell. Karen, you should have come said hi to me. I love meeting the Beans (laughs) listeners. I love meeting Stephanie Miller listeners. If I'm ever at an event, please, maybe don't rush me on stage because there's usually security, (laughs) but definitely come and say hi. It would make my night. Planned Parenthood event was a huge success. AG would have loved it. It was like the 70s party. It was Turn the Beat Around. And they had this fucking like black funk, amazing band playing. And I raised a bunch of money. The plant, yeah. yeah. Uh, Alexis McGill, the president, came in for the event. And it's just a reminder because on Tuesday, you got to vote yes on ballot initiative one in Ohio. You have to. It will change the Constitution to allow for abortion access. That's what got put on the ballot. So if you were listening to this and you're in Ohio, you've got to get out and vote on Tuesday. Bring everyone you know with you and vote yes on one no matter what anyone tells you the rest is propaganda all the no signs you see are being handed out by the church vote yes on one 100 percent, 100 percent. and virginia you got early voting now too and check your voter registration because they've been removing people sneakily from the rolls in ohio and virginia ahead of these elections because that's the only way they can fucking win is to fucking cheat so anyway we know this. We're we're doing the thing again where we just tell everybody stuff they already know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's okay. Got to get it out. 
got to get it out and off our chest. So I'm so glad to have you back, my friend. It's been really wonderful. Do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here I for the day? I do. I'm going to tease a show for next year because I know a lot of you are like, we only see your schedule and it's in like a month and I can't plan. So if you are anywhere near Central Oregon, Portland, Eugene, Bend, I am doing a comedy show on March 8th. It's not on my schedule yet. You are the first people to hear about it. I'll be promoting it between now and then several times. So just mark your calendars. And then over the next couple of months, I'll give you information on how to get tickets. It's going to be a good time. Neat. Hell yeah. And thank you. And please, everyone, tell everyone, uh, tell your friends to listen to The Beans. And uh, I think tomorrow we're going to be uh, talking with Harry Nice. Dunn about his book, Standing My Ground. And then, I don't know, you may, I think you missed this while you were out. On Friday, it's going to be Fugelsang Fridays. John Fugelsang will be joining me for the interview on every Friday from now on. So how cool. That's fucking awesome. That? I love John. We have a very lovely relationship. I'm his favorite lesbian. He is amazing. And so I look forward to that. And I'm in love with it's his hair because he's got great it's hair. It's beautiful. It is perfect. It's feathered yeah. and lethal cotton. <laughs> Sorry been watching a lot of dodgeball all right thank you so much uh everybody for listening and um we look forward to being in your ears again tomorrow until then please take care of yourselves take care of each other take care of the planet take care of your mental health take care of your family vote blue over q and take everyone with you ohio on tuesday and virginia right now i've been ag and i've been dg and them's the beans the daily beans is written and executive produced by allison gill with additional research and reporting by dana goldberg sound design and editing is by desiree mcfarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for the Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler, how much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary. They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, Show me, in a courtroom, how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in an Armani suit standing on the bow of a boat 
with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th. Or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.